We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. Wow, it's really honestly hard to believe that this is my second to last show. And really, as we start to wind down this time, it's been truly a crazy last four years hosting Overnight America. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, that'll be my very last show hosting the late nights before I move to the day. And the daytime being St. Louis Talks, brand new show we're launching next Monday May the 3rd with Carol Daniel and Bo Matthews. And we've been getting together and we've been basically trying to get our chemistry going, trying to figure out the the pacing. It's almost like a dance class where you get in there and you learn the footwork and you're not stepping on each other's toes, things like that. It's almost like an exact, exact explanation of what's going down. So we got together today and we were sitting in the studio and it was a lot of fun. And it's so strange when you're with other professionals like that. We had an idea of what we wanted to talk about. So we're going to talk about masks or whatever. Here's the new mandates from the CDC. And we had a segment where we were going to talk about that. And then instantly it goes in a different direction. And that direction is more interesting than the direction we wanted it to go to. And it's it's so spontaneous and it's so fun. I think that if you get a chance to listen to it starting on Monday, you're really going to like it. We have a Facebook page. It's online, St. Louis Talks. We are accessible through there. I'm still going to have my Facebook page. So if you wanted to message me on Ryan Recker Radio, you can. My email address, my Twitter, that's going to be still the same. So if you wanted to reach the show, you could do it that way. If you wanted to reach me directly, Ryan Recker Radio. And if you're going to be listening on the very first day, that would be so cool of you to do that. So please give it a try. Um, This is what we're here for. I I think you're really going to like it. And if this is, if the very least, Listen on day one so you can say, oh, yeah, I listened to their first show. Give us a try. Give us a try. The reaction has been weird. I think on the first show, we'll talk about the reaction to the show. And it's tough because the 11 to 2 slot was the Rush Limbaugh show. And for the last couple of months, there have been hosts, but they haven't really talked about a replacement. And it's you can't replace Rush Limbaugh. He's a once only type of uh, talent. There's going to be no one else like him ever in the history of radio. It it was just that unique. There's no replacing him. So even if the EIB network talked about a replacement for the long term, 
it still wouldn't have uh, it, it still wouldn't have been the same because you just can't replace El Rushbo. So KMOX went into the direction of let's go live, let's do a local show, let's talk about the local, the regional, the St. Louis, the county, whatever topics, and let's do it to this audience. And I, it's something that not a lot of talk stations are investing in. Very few. In fact, when you look at the radio trades of all the different radio talk stations that carry Rush Limbaugh, there's like 500 stations or something that carry Rush. And of that and the trades, I think I have seen maybe five stations declare that they are going to go local. It's, it's, it's very few. So many of them are still trying to decide what to do. KMOX said immediately, we're doing local. We're going to do a local show. We're going to invest in our people, which they did. And... As much as I'm going to miss you guys, I'm really excited for this daytime show. And a lot of people do ask, what's going to happen overnight America? Well, when there's nights where there's Cardinals, um, I think they're going to, of course, uh, air Cardinals. And after that, I think they're going to run some replay hours of the daytime show. So you might even at night get to check out our St. Louis talks, Charlie Brennan show, Dave Glover, things like that. On the nights where there's no Cardinals games, there will be someone in and Brad Young's going to be doing a lot of those shows. Brad Young is fantastic. So uh, make sure to check him out. And again, if you have any other questions about it, tomorrow's going to be my last show on Overnight America, at least. We're going to keep the phone lines open. I want you to call in tomorrow and I want to hear from you. I want you to be a part of that last show. If, you've, if you're someone that's listened for a long time, please do so. I, I, it would be an honor for you to be a part of that last show. All right, so uh, this hour, business journalist Elizabeth McBride is joining us, and she has a book coming out called The New Builders Face-to-Face with the True Future of Business. We're going to talk to her in the next segment, but before we do, you know one of my favorite, absolute favorite segments are Kevin Colleen's Whole Nother Stories. <laughs> There are times in life when the old order gives way to the new. The soon-to-be-graduated seniors at Rosati Kane were jumping up and down on the lawn in a pile of soap suds. Jill Hetherington, the school's art instructor, organized this. It looks like when you put Dawn detergent in your wash machine, it's a foam party. Knee-high foam on the lawn of Rosati Kane, and it's blowing all over Lindell like snow. Just got you in the face. As a cloud of it just got me in the face. Um, Yeah, we hired a a foam machine for our girls, so they've been cycling through all day. Student Council President Taylor Swanigan was there. Well, it brings some normalcy to the very awkward, very innovative year we've had to have. Um, We hear screams, laughs. We haven't seen that in a long time, so it makes us really happy as student council. And senior Mia Bevan was there. It's been a really rough year for pretty much everyone. Um, We couldn't have homecoming. Uh, We did end up doing prom. There's been like a lot lot of traditions that we haven't been able to do. To be able to stand on the lawn with a bubble machine. Oh, yeah. I I wasn't expecting this at all. It's... it's, uh, it's a nice surprise. Another senior, Alana Mera, wore face paint. It's just a lot. It's a good bonding experience for our whole class because we've been separated for a while, especially last year. So it's been really great to be able to like, get all together again and like finish off the year strong. The company Foam Gone Bananas provided the foam and the music. The foam bubbles popped eventually and the grass came back out as the girls were shuffled back into class. But I doubt they learned anything the rest of the day that they'll remember 10 years from now. The foam they'll remember. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Aw, yeah, Kevin. Business 
journalist Elizabeth McBride. And she's got a book out next Tuesday called The New Builders Face-to-Face with the True Future of Business. A discussion with her coming up right after the break. This is Overnight America KMOX. Work or play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Joining us is a business journalist, also has a book that's coming out next week on May the 4th called The New Builders, Elizabeth McBride. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you so much for having me. The New Builders, face-to-face with the true future of business. And as a business journalist, what's your interest when it comes to future leaders in businesses? What made you want to write a book about what you see is really uh, the future? So um, I am kind of like the original scrappy woman entrepreneur. Um, I got a divorce about seven years ago, and I had to invent or reinvent a freelance business journalism career like really fast to feed my two kids. Um, And that was seven years ago. And kind of in that process, I got to know a ton of entrepreneurs like me um, in the middle of the United States and around the world kind of people who had to work really hard to make their way in the system. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I founded a publication um, to tell the stories of entrepreneurs who were like me. Mm-hmm. And around that same time, um, I bumped into Seth Levine, who's a venture capitalist, who kind of specializes in, I don't know, helping um overlooked entrepreneurs, and we decided to write a book together. Oh, that's awesome. So you put the book together, New Builders. I do a show here on KMOX that focuses on family businesses, and a lot of times we're talking about multi-generational family businesses, you know, second, third, Uh sometimes fifth or sixth or whatever. I mean, we have some family businesses in St. Louis going back to the mid-1800s, which is pretty remarkable to think that if you're in such a specialized type of field, that skill set would be able to be passed down from generation to generation, and that there would even be another generation interested in doing that sort of thing. It's pretty rare to see that sort of thing anymore. Entrepreneurship is not something for the light hearted. I mean, it is something that is hard to start a business and to make it yeah. viable and keep it going. And you saw that firsthand. Yeah, I definitely did. I experienced it myself. And I had an inkling um, that it had gotten much harder over the decades to start and run a business. Um, and when we did the research, when Seth and I started to look into it, we found that that's the case. Like um, entrepreneurship in the United States um, basically, the rate at which startups start and succeed has been slowly declining for 40 years. Mm, and when we figured that out, we were kind of like, hey, this is this doesn't match the story that's kind of like in the media, right? You see all these um, big, successful entrepreneurs from Silicon Valley, and you think everything's great. But in reality, for the broader world of entrepreneurship, it's not so good. Wow. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the impression that people have on new businesses, because part of your book, The New Builders, focuses on the idea that what you might have in your head is not the reality of what's going on when it comes to new businesses. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think what we figured out, um, and this was kind of a a shock for even Seth, right, who's made a career in venture capital. This is what he does. He funds tech businesses. But in the past couple of years, it's bec- it's come out that only about 1% of companies in the U.S. get venture capital funding. And that's what produces, you know, these, these big high-flying companies. Um, 
you know, that you see like, I don't know, Zoom and all, all of these like big tech companies are funded by um, venture capital. But 99% of the businesses yeah. in America don't get venture capital. Mm-hmm. And then when we dug into it more, we discovered that 80% of businesses overall get no financing. Wow. But I think one of the reasons that we've kind of lost sight of how hard it is to run a business and the fact that it's gotten harder and harder, we've lost sight of that because the whole narrative has been taken over um, by these high-flying tech companies that really don't reflect the reality. Ah, well, that's interesting. Uh, Elizabeth McBride is joining us, and the new book comes out next week, The New Builders, Face-to-Face with the future, uh, True Future of Business. And when we talk about some of those different faces that you see in business, you find that, you're right, Silicon Valley, you think of, yeah, you know, I don't know what the right word would be. I don't want to use the word nerd, but... You know what I mean. A lot of tech (laughs) people have this certain appearance to them. They show up in a segue and, you know, I I, I get this stuck in my mind, but it's not the true thing. Like if you were to go to anywhere around the St. Louis region, for example, and talk to some of the businesses and startups, you're going to find that it's a lot more diverse than what you would typically think of as a California startup. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, When we dug into the stats, I mean, you find that entrepreneurs today, the people starting businesses actually reflect the growing diversity of the country and also the fact that women have more and more independence in the past few decades as well. So what you're seeing is that the people starting businesses today are increasingly women, black and brown. They've always been immigrants, still immigrants have a very high startup rate. Um, so but it's not really matching in so many different ways. The reality does not match our perception, Hmm. right? It's not thriving and it's not driven by white male um, tech founders from Silicon Valley. It's struggling. And the real bulk of the entrepreneurs are people who look more like me. Right. Hmm. Um, And so that's, uh, we write about that a lot in the book and pretty much, all of the entrepreneurs we focus on one way or another are people of color or women, and we talk about the roadblocks that they hit in the system. Mm. You know, I would think of some reasons why someone would start a business, and the the top two that come to mind for me, at least, is that, uh, one, they figure they can make some money doing it, and they figure that it could be something that can make them a lot of money down the run. Or maybe the other thing is it's a passion of theirs, something that they really enjoy doing and they want to work for themselves doing whatever that passion may be. So today's entrepreneurs, why do you think they're starting businesses as opposed to trying to climb the corporate ladder? You know, that's such an interesting question because I think it only kind of dawned on me, on me and Seth late in the process of writing that what we were really seeing was that people who didn't enjoy being in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people are like, you know, are women and people of color, right? For obvious reasons, it's just hard to be in the corporate world if you don't fit the mold. Um, And and also, you know, I don't want to exclude white men because our our vision for the book and our vision for what we're doing is really that it's inclusive, right? Um, And nobody's, everybody's got a seat at this table. but I think what we found is that people who aren't comfortable, who have other values um, than just money or just scale, just growth, um, get a lot of satisfaction over being from being their own boss or, as you said, pursuing a passion, 
maybe handing a company, building a company that they can hand down Mm -hmm. and then really, you know, being part of their communities. Like I think the younger generation especially has got a different set of values that includes being part of a community. Mm. I wonder too about anyone under the age of 25, maybe I'll just use that as the cutoff point. But I think about the culture over the past 10 years where you see a lot of high school, college, whatever, they want to be influencers because they feel their content or their entertainment value is high enough where people will watch them and then they could make ad revenue off of whatever website, YouTube or something along those lines. Do you find them, do they fit the mold of entrepreneurs? Or are they something that it's, it, they're a whole different entity? You know, I think that's another interesting thing that's going on. Um, the way we phrase it is that they're entrepreneurial mm-hmm. um, and that it's a it's a step on the path to being an entrepreneur. So that um, 60 million people, which is a huge number, were entrepreneurial in some way in 2019. Mm-hmm. But the bridge that's hard for them to cross is um, actually starting the business, like becoming part of the formal business economy, which means incorporating, paying your corporate taxes, right? These are bigger hurdles than they have been as the world's gotten more complex. And, you know, then hiring employees is just another whole ball of wax, right? So to do all those things, to really figure out how to make a, a revenue stream takes a lot of time, like maybe a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't think that... So many people in today's economy are struggling just day by day, Um, but to have the wherewithal to shift from being entrepreneurial and have those dreams to running a business is a big shift. Yeah, it really is. There's so many different types of people that have dreams and they really don't know what to do with them. I think a lot people like the idea of it, but maybe they don't like the idea of filling out invoices for the rest of their life. (laughs) They they like the end game, but whatever it may lead to and how you get there, that's the tough part because there's so many questions where people just don't know. Do you find that there's more people going to school or trade schools or whatever it may be in order to try to learn how to be employed by themselves? Yeah. uh, yeah. Um, So for sure, like as one of the things that's happened as entrepreneurship has, has declined, there are people who have recognized this, right? It hasn't really hit the mainstream media, um, but a lot of people are aware of it. And there's so many, what they call accelerators and incubators um, set up to help people figure out what to do. And I think there's about 250 now entrepreneurship programs at colleges across the country. So there are people trying to reverse this trend. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you've got like some really good lobbying going on to try and change some of the laws and, make it simpler again and and to create some protections right for small businesses against big businesses because that's another thing that has really shifted um but yeah i think there are resources available and a surprising amount for people who want um to try this and it's i would say it's harder now than it has been but it may not be as hard as you think it is right You know, people wanted to find your book. It comes out next week, so people can pre-order. It's called The New Builders Face-to-Face with the True Future of Business. Where can they look? Well, you can find it on Amazon, and you can also find it on our website, which is www.thenewbuilders.com. And we would love to hear from anybody. Um, Just tell us your new builder story if you have a dream um, to be an entrepreneur or you already are. 
are an entrepreneur, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use the tag, hashtag, I'm a new builder. And I also want to give um, a special shout out and a thank you to Tyra Banks, who wrote the foreword for our book. Huh. How about that? May the 4th, the book comes out. And I made the joke to you before you can make it to me, which is that is Star Wars Day. May 4th be with you. <laughs> and that's just a perfect day for that to come out. Business journalist Elizabeth McBride on her forthcoming book, which is actually out next week, The New Builders. We'll continue our conversation with her right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm Ryan Recker, your host, at least for one more night. Tomorrow is going to be my last show hosting Overnight America. But, uh, hey, we got tonight still, and I'll always be online for you. Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook, and then starting next Monday, we'll uh, be on the Midday Show, St. Louis Talks. Really looking forward to launching that brand new show here on KMOX starting at 11 a.m. She's a business journalist and has a book coming out next Tuesday, called The New Builders, face-to-face with the true future of business. Elizabeth McBride, we continue with her now. I wanted to know more, too, about that sort of spirit that you see when you start to talk to people, because there's a lot of uh, roadblocks that are immediately brought up when it comes to small businesses. They'll say, wow, you're uh, you're really going to compete with an Amazon, right? You're really going to compete. It's like the for the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, we'd said that when a Walmart showed up to a small town, that was always the uh, that was always the end for small businesses. And it was very difficult mm-hmm. to compete with that sort of thing. And now you're competing with someone that can put the product at your doorstep within a day or two. And a lot of brick and mortar businesses, uh, small businesses, they have a hard time keeping up with that. So in the future of business, what do you do when there's these giant corporations that are constantly eating and chipping away at the same services you offer? And and what does that mean for the future of small businesses? Well, okay. So I think that in any generation, um, the entrepreneurs are the people who are at the cutting edge, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the scientists and philosophers and artists, they're the people who are kind of translating the wave of the future into the rea- into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, so if we unleash them and support them, they're going to invent the future. Mm-hmm. And I think my gut from talking to many of them, from being an entrepreneur myself, is that they're going to be quicker and faster than Amazon or Walmart can be, right? They're the next generation. And I think the direction they're heading is actually away from consumption, like away from things that can get delivered to your door and more toward experiences. Hmm. So I think that small businesses that we talk to, um, many of them are at the front lines of reinventing retail into an experience. Um, Tyra's actually working on that, but we we talk to a lot of new builders who, you know, own like a bakery or a chocolate shop. But mm. what they're um, creating isn't exactly the baked goods or the chocolates. It's like the experience of buying from them. Yeah. And, then you know, they have a whole world and a community built around that idea. And that's something that really that Amazon can't replicate. Yeah, I guess the experience is a big part of what, you know, anyone looks for when they purchase something in a lot of ways. You would say that the cheapest price always will win. But then again, you hear stories 
about Amazon delivery drivers that have to uh, use the bathroom inside of their van because they're not getting breaks and things. And that turns a lot of people off. They don't want to do business that way or they don't. And then some people will think twice because they'll say, "Okay, where are the products and goods coming from? And people are more conscious Mm -hmm. about where things are being made anymore. And I think that opens up a pretty big opportunity for small businesses that could, um, you know, have that relationship with their customers to have those answers. And they feel better doing business with a person like that. I think so. I mean, I, I just, that's why I said, I feel very, I ended up being very optimistic. Now I will say with one caveat, right? I do think our laws have gotten somewhat out of balance to favor big business for a whole variety of reasons. It's just small businesses do need some protections. And so there's work to do to change um, some of those laws. But given if we can restructure that, and also if we can help the community banking system revive itself because that's another big place where the government sort of screwed up. Um, But if (laughs) I I sound a little judgmental there, but um, (laughs) if we can fix some of the landscape problems, I do think that small businesses will find incredible traction in the economy that's coming out of the pandemic. Right. Because the young people, um, everybody, right. I, I mean, who, what I want to do right now, what I would love to do is just like walk down the street, go freely in and out of all those fun shops, like stop and get a coffee. I mean, I want to be out and about with people again, right? I think so many people are feeling like that. Um, what do you think is going to happen to payment in the future? I don't know if you, you think about the future of like cryptocurrencies and things. Do you think entrepreneurs that are more inclined to be open to new ideas that starting to use will have an advantage in the future, things like that? Yeah, well, I do. Uh, do you have, do you, are you interested in cryptocurrency? I mean, a little bit. I've, I've purchased some. I have, you know, not a large investment. I see these people that put tens of thousands of dollars into it and I'm nowhere near that, but I have, you know, I got a I think I've put maybe 500 bucks into it just to experiment to see what it was all about. And it's an interesting world. Uh, and it's an interesting bit of technology that a lot of uh, major corporations are using in the from Walmart, for example. They're probably using this technology in the background and you don't even know it. Or banks, large banks are doing it, too. So that part is really interesting to me because I think that that's going to really change um, what you know? What goes on behind the scenes, business to business? So I was more interested in exploring it than anything else. That not so much investing in it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that make I mean makes a lot of sense. I, I actually have a friend who invested in it like two three years ago, and then he made enough to pay off his whole house. Wow. So he, I know, I know. He was so lucky, and now now he's kind of a little bored, actually. I think, <laughs> but um, uh, so. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about because we really focus and the book focuses a lot on what we call Main Street entrepreneurs, Um, but entrepreneurs who are small businesses and can innovate in the tech economy, Mm -hmm. um, that world's not incredibly healthy either, right? Because that world, more and more of the venture capital is going to bigger and bigger startups. So Mm -hmm. the really scrappy ones and especially the ones started by women and people of color don't um, get the traction they need to compete in the tech economy either. Hmm. Um, And that's where you'd probably see the big innovations that make it easier to use cryptocurrency, um, more understandable, right? Because that's what entrepreneurs do. They take things and they adapt them so that they, they fit the market economy. So people can use them and want to use them versus, you know, Walmart, Amazon, a big bank. I mean, they're, they're just, 
slow, right? They're not as nimble as the startups would be. Right. And just the way that this technology is used to transfer anything of value, um, that's huge. And I also look at Tesla, for example, announcing that they'll accept payment in Bitcoin, which I think grabbed a lot of people's attention because they looked at it. And I know that there are cryptocurrencies that also have a debit card associated with it. So it's almost like you can go and spend it wherever you would be able to use this debit card because it's backed by Visa or MasterCard or whatever might be the the, the logo on it. And that's all so fascinating to me. And I think about payment processing, like here in St. Louis, we are the home of Jack Dorsey from Twitter. And of course, Square has a big building here and they're investing more money here. And I think about how they're doing things when it comes to money transfers and how uh, payments between person to person and businesses and things have started to change. It's a real fascinating world out there. The things and how fast they move, it's sometimes hard to keep up with it. Yeah. But, and I guess it's hard to think about, but somewhere there is probably a woman entrepreneur or a black entrepreneur who has the next idea in crypto that will totally destroy Square. Hmm. And we have to find, we have to create the economy so that that person can do his or her work. You know, they... Uh, if the startups aren't kind of constantly shifting the economy, we're not progressing. And the argument from Andrew Yang when he was running for president was that if you were to set up some sort of universal basic income, it would give people like that an opportunity to try something they would never be able to try. So they said, give them a safety net and they'll be able to go out and create something of value and then we'll be better as a society for it. Uh, do you think that sort of uh, mindset is something that we need to look into? I do. Um, I, I, I understand people are reluctant about universal basic income, but I think it, we need a really kind of full-fledged conversation that is freer of politics than it has been about the social safety net. Because what we found when we researched was that there were entrepreneurs who could take off, but It's just so hard, right? If you have to pay for your own health insurance, which I did for years coming out of my divorce, it is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like truly a nightmare, Mm -hmm. Um, that self-employed health insurance world um, and the self-employment taxes you have to pay. And that's not even like considering the risk you run. So we interviewed this great um, uh, young man who's 20 now, I think, in Stanton, Virginia, who has a small design brand that he's trying to get off the ground, um, working two jobs, at times three jobs, and then at night he sits there fulfilling orders from his bedroom floor, and sometimes he falls asleep doing it. I mean, this is just like not, right? This is not a fair or viable way to grow a healthy economy. What did you argue, I I guess, um, when you talk to entrepreneurs that have made it, those that have started a business, that's just part of it. That is, that's how you know you're in it to win it. That's just the mindset you need because otherwise, if you don't have that sort of mindset, yeah, it's, it's going to be very difficult for you to be successful in the long run. Yeah. Um, I, so are you asking me what, what kind of mindset do you need to be successful? Well, when you're talking about trying to get a business off the ground in that one example that you used, the design business and, you know, working two yeah. jobs and things that you hear that that's all so common, but that's also when you talk to those that have become successful, say that's part of the journey. You almost have to experience that. You know, okay. So I'm going to call bullshit on that. Can I say that on the radio? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to bleep it, but 
I think the people who really talk about, oh, you need grit, oh, you need this and that, um, I think they're usually like white men who had a really easy time getting capital from banks or from venture capitalists. Um, like, okay, another entrepreneur we talked with um, was living in Tampa with her three kids and her husband and commuting to Atlanta every week to do a, a small business program to get a small business off the ground. Um, she did that for like a year, moved back into her parents' house, um, into a, one room with her three kids and husband, ran up all this credit card debt. I mean, she had incredible grit um, and determination, but the business ultimately failed because she could not get capital. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, um, you can't ever say for sure, right? But the odds were so stacked against her as a black woman. And so... You know, I think grit is definitely a requirement, but when we say it's it's the requirement or when we focus too much on it and we kind of miss the bigger story of what's going on in the economy that makes it so hard and the inequities that are in the economy so that women and people of color have a much harder time. Okay. Well, I want to make sure, again, that people have an opportunity to check out the book. It's going to be out next week if people wanted to find not only the book, but you online because they're trying to find uh, the new builders, where can they look? Um, okay. So the new builders is www.thenewbuilders.com. I'm Elizabeth McBride, uh, which is M-A-C-P-R-I-D-E. My co-author is Seth Levine. Mm -hmm. um, you can just Google us and find us all over the place. Um, we're having a great time telling the story and really hoping that it makes a difference. Yeah. The new builders face to face with the true future of business and Elizabeth McBride. Thank you so much for coming on tonight and talking to us here on Overnight America. Thank you very much for having me. And she joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Oh, it's really amazing how fast these nights go by. So, um, as I mentioned before, this is my second to last show hosting Overnight America. Wow, it's just amazing how fast the nights go by. Just amazing how fast the years go by. So much has happened in the last four years. And tomorrow, since the Cardinals have a day game, as long as there's no rain delay or something that would push it back, that means we're going to have a full four hours together. Full four hours together. And with those four hours, I hope that we can spend some time going back through some late-night memories or maybe it gives you a chance to call in and um, you know, say, hey, you know, this was fun while it lasted. And I really hope that a lot of you will be able to listen during the day on KMOX. During the midday show, starting on Monday, I'll be moving as part of St. Louis Talks from 11 until 2. It's going to be weird. The, the way the Cardinals work during the day versus at night, uh, you know, it's weird because like nights like this, you don't know when you're going to start. There, there could be a game that goes a little bit late and tonight went a little later than it has the last couple of nights. And you're just sitting here waiting for the game to start. And then uh, eventually the game ends. And then you find out, okay, I'm going to be on after the game. And now i got to calculate how I'm going to do the show because we only have so much time. 
and then the night ends. But during the day, it's different. If there's a Cardinals Day game and we're doing the show, uh, we just don't go on the air. What we'll do is have a recorded show, which we'll post digitally. So you can go and listen to it on the website, or you can download the podcast, whatever you prefer, the Odyssey app, things like that. So it gives you still an opportunity to listen to us. If you haven't... um, actually tried that before at KMOX.com in the podcast section. You can find it right there. Uh, We haven't actually posted anything yet because Monday's our first show. But just to let you know, um, there's a lot of ways you'll be able to listen to us. I hope you can join us tomorrow night. I really do. I hope that um, we'll be able to spend at least one last night together on Overnight America. Find me on Facebook, Ryan Wrecker Radio. Have a good night. We'll see you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.